On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. everybody it is jay scott this is the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast happy friday the 13th to everybody my advice to you is don't walk in any dark rooms later on tonight by yourself walking backwards always walk forward into the room that's full of darkness and then if there's some crazy lunatic killing all your friends in the neighborhood lock the doors and stay in your room so as we always do on the new episode of new music spotlights we showcase new music and we have a returning guest our first returning guest on the new music spotlight from austin texas on the day of his debut release we have mr christian shields and the album is this is rock and roll what's going on man how are you what's going on jay i'm good so we haven't talked in a few months i mean we've kind of you know messaged each other on twitter and, you know, you've kind of kept me up to date on a few things. The day is finally here for you for the album that you've put a, a lot of work into, a lot of love. Where where have things gone since we last spoke? Well, uh, basically just um, still promoting uh, the record. And now that the day has arrived that it's out, you know, we're going to, you know, really uh, push, um, push promotion this week and get it into... Uh, hands of uh, as many people as possible and then um we're gonna start turning our attention here to um you know start putting some shows or some tours together and uh you know get ready to go out on the road and uh, bring the music to the people i'm really looking forward to it you know ever since i've heard the music on this album i've been blown away I, uh, it is an album that i've been looking forward to since i heard the music a few months ago and you know for all my listeners out there if you like ACDC, if you like Kiss, if you like Dokken, if you like Bon Jovi, if you like Journey, if you like Elda Nova, you will like this record. This record packs a punch. It is old school rock and roll with a modern vibe to it. The guitar work is great. The vocal work is great. The arrangements are awesome. It is an album that will instantly have you putting your fists in the air. Well done, Christian, and I'm glad the day is finally here. Thank you. Me too. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we, just to recap, tell us a little bit about, you know, the whole 
putting this thing together. I know we we talked a lot about and discussed a lot about it in the last episode. For people listening to you for the first time, just give us a, a, a you know kind of an overview of what it was like putting this album together. Well, uh, putting it together, I knew um, when my last project dissolved, um, you know, I decided that I was going to do something that I wanted to do. I was going to work with the people that I wanted to work with. Um, and, you know, ultimately I decided it had to be fun for me or I wasn't going to do it. So I had a batch of songs that, where this record really started from, that um, didn't um, make it towards my other project because they didn't fit stylistically, but I'm just, you know, I'm a classic rock fan at heart. So, you know, I, I put this record together and I hired uh, Kevin Gutierrez to produce it. Um, you know, I felt like when I had a meeting with him, we had a, we had a great vibe. And originally it was just, it was just him and I in the studio. And then we hired uh, session guys to build the songs up. Um, but it really started from that idea of, you know, you know, I wanted to make a record that was fun and that I wanted to listen to as well as, you know, I knew that uh, rock and roll needed. Definitely. I, this album, when I heard it, and, and, and the great thing about this album for me and how I've connected with it is every time I do listen to it, it sounds better than the previous time. You know, I'm not just saying that because you're on the show and, and, and I dig what you're doing. It, it truly is. I just listened to it yesterday because I knew you were coming on the show today. And I'm like, I haven't listened to it in a couple weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin it again. And it was like a whole new record again. It just, it, it sounds so awesome sonically. Uh, the production's great and the songs are incredible. I mean, you start with the first song, Not This Time. It's got a total Eldenova feel to it. It's it's got kind of that you know tip of the cap to the song Fantasy. Um, just a great feel, big hook, just a great song to open up the record. I, I agree. Um, when we actually put the track listing together, um, it, it just happened like so organically. Like all the songs uh, told us, you know, what to do and, and how to order them and. You know, it, it was easy. I mean, it was hard, but it was easy at the same time. And, and I mean, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, a lot of people share the same sentiment as you, DJ. Like, people, as they've, they've heard it, the people that have the advanced copies, um, and now that they're, they're getting them today, they've been saying that, uh, you know, the more they listen to it, the more they enjoy it. And I couldn't be happier with the result. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I did not know what to expect. You know, a little background on the relationship that you and I have um, you, you posted a song one night, um, the next, the second track of the song, the first single called rock and roll. And I listened to it and I yeah. messaged you or I, I posted on your Twitter that I loved it. It was great. And you and I started going back and forth through DM and, you know, I booked you on the podcast to come on and talk about it just based on that one single. I must've listened to the song rock and roll probably about 30 times in a row on YouTube. I just kept listening to it. I just, I mean, I was floored. I mean, it just, it just, uh, knocked me on my ass. It, and, and it's been a while since I've heard, uh, a song like that with, you know, the dirty sleaziness of rock and roll when I was growing up and it's got that kiss ACDC feel to it. And you just tapped into something that really connected with me. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, uh, that was, you know, rock and roll was like the, the first song, um, you know, that, 
that I recorded for this record and it was the first song that was worked on because I wanted to use it uh, to set the attitude and set the precedent of what this record was about. Now, granted, it's not the opening track of the time is, but I feel that it's really the attitude of, you know, how, how I perceive things and, you know, also it's just, it captures the, you know, if you listen to that song, it captures the whole vibe of the record. You know what it's about. And, you know, as you go through the record, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's an anthem. I mean, rock and roll, the song is your anthem. I mean, you know, when, when I heard it, I just, you know, could not help but feel in, in, in thinking of you playing this live and people singing this song back to you because it is in, in the vein of a rock and roll all night for those about to rock. We salute you and other songs. I mean, it just, it really has that vibe. It really, really showcases what you're all about as an artist. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. The next song is Lie to Me, which was the third single off the album that you've released. Uh, another great song, mm-hmm. another with gr- uh, great arrangement. Um, a little more on the esque, uh, you know, of a like a um, of a Bon Jovi type song, you know, more of a uh, you know the the first one, obviously the Aldenova feel, the rock and roll is the rock anthem with the sleaziness vibe, and this one is you know more of a mature sound, dare I say. Lie to me. Um, you say it was more of a Bon Jovi feel. When I came up with the idea for, for the main riff of the song, it was originally uh, influenced a lot by Judas Priest. You know, because they had those grooves. It was more, um, you know, like more. In the, I felt in the vein of like you got another thing coming. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Because I wanted to have like a really cool groove, and uh, you know, I put have like a, a very sing along chorus, and um, you know. Why did he came to be because of those three ingredients? Well, you know, it's interesting how different people connect with it. You know, I mean, I do now that you mentioned the Judas Priest, you got another thing coming. I do hear that now. I do hear that vibe. Um, I think it's a great song, another great track from this debut record. I mean, to everyone listening, there isn't a bad song on This Is Rock and Roll. This is a very strong debut record uh, from a great up and coming artist. It it really needs to be in your collection. Um, you know, this is something that I you know, agree. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't want to sound like a kiss ass, but it's just, it's just, it kicks ass. Um, and for people out there that have shunned new music, if you want a good place to start, I suggest this record. This is really great. Um, the next song by the strings, you know, another very melodic track off the album. Um, great hook. Uh, just uh, very well produced again sonically throughout the whole record um, it's just uh, it, it's really appealing to the ears yeah By the Strings was a was a fun one and uh, that song you know when we started uh, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of close to the, to the demo but it's, it's not at the same time um, it was interesting how it came to be uh, you know I originally wrote the song was about a uh, you know, a girl that had, uh, you know, that I'd liked and she led me on and I came up with the lyric and um, I thought the heart string uh, concept was interesting because I haven't really heard it in, in a lot of songs. And then, uh, you know, I came up with a very simple, you know, riff and then, um, you know, when we sat down, Kevin and I, the producer, and actually produced it, he's like, he goes, all right, we're going to start with the bare bones track and then we're going to build it up. And honestly, that's where he really stepped in and really shaped, uh, we call it sound design, 
of the sonic spectrum of that song and we built up you know all these different parts together and uh you know they ended up becoming this like sonic masterpiece almost like phil specter's wall of sound type stuff mm -hmm. and uh i mean it's it, it's just a beautiful song and you know marshall my guitar player you know his guitar solo on there like i mean marshall can shred but like you know he came in and he's like let's do something like memorable very um you know a climaxy type guitar solo that builds throughout and uh I mean, man, just every time I hear the song myself, especially when that when the bridge kicks in, like just when you get to the bridge, I, I always get chills. My hair just stands on end. It's 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 my favorite crystal on the record. It's a great track, it really is. You know, and 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 that's the thing too. You know, when you when you look at the first four songs, not this time, rock and roll, lie to me, by the strings. You know, they're they're all you. They're definitely you, but um, they're all they all have the, their own life. Uh, as a song and you know they're 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 connected because they're on the album but they are all different um in terms of what you're trying to do musically on the album and i think that's really cool yeah i agree me too can't get enough brings you back to that acdc type feel uh love the guitar love the vocals on this song such a great strong track as well i'd love to hear it live you know, one of the things that you mentioned in the previous episode was how vocally, you know, you had to really work hard while this record was being done. You know, there was some questions about, you know, you having to maybe bring in another vocalist and you really took it upon yourself to to rise to the occasion and really improve your vocals, you know, so, so, so you could be the vocalist on this album. I think that that's really a tremendous tremendous sign that you really wanted it and you really wanted to get it done oh I, I did wanted it I mean I did want it not wanted it I did want it and uh, you know um, there was definitely some question marks in the beginning uh, but ultimately I wanted to bet on myself because I felt that I could do it and uh, you know I was willing to pull out all the stops to do it and you know it was a lot of serendipitous because now we have the result that we have and uh, you know I feel you know going through that hard work, you know, is the best it could possibly be. Not only helped me uh, grow up as an artist or get better, but it also helped me build uh, some character. And I would just say the experience all around, not just from from musical perspective, but from the back end stuff, you know, was really great. You know, when you're going through that and you know that you know that there's pressure on you to rise to the occasion you know let's be let's be honest i mean you had the idea for this record i mean you wrote the you know the songs for this record and here you are you know having the question mark of singing on the album and you know there's that pressure to get yourself in a position to improve yourself what was that like when that pressure was on you well um I feel I work well under pressure, uh, honestly. I mean, ideally, you know, most people would want to work under pressure, but sometimes I, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's necessary and sometimes out of your control. But I felt because the pressure was so great uh, that if it wasn't there, maybe the end product wouldn't have been as good. So I feel that it was beneficial and it, it was a necessity. So I, I embraced it and, and, you know, just picked up the flag and ran with it. 
And with your producer pushing you or kind of laying it on the line of kind of what, you know, bottom lining of like what's, you know, what needs to happen, um, you know, how was your relationship with him through that whole thing? Kevin and I, uh, you know, we hit it off, you know, making this record. We, you know, I feel like, you know, not necessarily speak for him, but from my understanding of some conversations we had, like it took us back to being like teenagers, you know, being in a garage band or whatever and, and, you know, doing like, um, you know, the first, we were doing like a first real record or whatever. But, uh, I feel like he became more of a coach and a mentor versus a producer. You know, he was more about, uh, you know, coaching me to be the best possible version of myself I could be. And, um, he was very supportive. And there was also a lot of times where there was a lot of tough love. And there was a lot of times he said some things I didn't like, but just because I didn't like them didn't mean that, uh, they weren't correct. So he was absolutely right. You know, obviously he's been doing this since, uh, he said, he said 80, 88 or 89, he's been producing records, you know, a lot of big ones. So, you know, and his, his, his thing, his quote always was, trust the process so i trusted the process i trusted him and you know here we are today and that has to be a great lesson for you moving forward i mean you know this is your debut record i'm sure at some point you'll have another record out or work on another album and having that process you know so early on while you're doing your debut really has to impact you moving forward in terms of trusting the process as he said and, you know, being patient and believing in yourself and betting on yourself. You know, a lot of artists, it takes a while for them to experience all that. And it sounds like you had that all in your, in, in, you know, in the first album that you recorded. Uh, I agree. And I feel that that's a good foundation and groundwork. And I, I hope, you know, when the next uh, record comes around, because there will be another one, I'm hoping uh, when it does, like I'll, I can hopefully raise the bar even higher. I I think so, man. I mean, like, this is a great debut record, as I've stated. Um, you know, I, I, I know the amount of work you've put into it. I know you've been sitting on this now for a few months, just kind of waiting for this to be released. What has that been like? I mean, you've had this album since late last year, and now we're, you know, Friday the 13th here today, March 13th. You're, you know, this is the release date. What does that feel like for you? I mean, it's surreal, you know, I mean, obviously you want to, you know, get to this point, but, you know, being, like you said, staying patient, you know, I feel a lot of bands, and I try to trash other artists, but I feel like they shoot themselves in the foot a little bit where they release too much too quick, but I really wanted to space this out and build the hype and, you know, get it, you know, into the right hands of the people who needed to get, to get into. And, you know, it, 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 it's, been, it's been a little hard to, be, to stay so patient, because of the excitement and uh, I just want to see, you know, the reaction and stuff. But I feel at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a necessary evil. And uh, we did have, we did delay the record up from the 31st till today, March 13th. But, um, you know, it was due to um, label interest. Um, but unfortunately, nothing came of it uh, as, uh, so far as of this point. Uh, so that was another thing that kind of was like, Oh, you know, when I had to delay it, that was kind of like a little bit of a, of a gut punch, but I still feel like it was all serendipitous. And, you know, I'm just going to continue to quote, trust the process, unquote. Well, I mean, you know, you got something good, you know, and that's the, that's the, you know, the key thing. I mean, 
you know, not only do you believe it's good, others believe it's good too. I mean, this is a great body of work. I mean, um, you know, we're going to get into the second part of the record here in a bit, but you know, as you patiently waited, you know, for you know this record to come out, I'm sure your your mind's going, you know. What am I going to do for the next record? You know, what, what, what's that process like? Has there been any thought to that? I mean, have you begun working on new songs? Well, I'm always jotting down ideas uh, if I have something. I would say I have like three or four more songs written at this point, um, but it's not a focus. Just obviously, if I come up with something, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to write something. Um, um, you know, my head isn't into the second record or thinking about a second record uh, yet, because obviously, now we're into the now the record's released. We're into the release, and now we're going to get into um, shows and and stuff like that. So that's where my head's going to be over the next uh, couple months. But you know, I'll, I'll keep kicking around ideas and getting ideas ready to go. And then uh, when when it's time to do the next record, Jay, you'll be one of the first people to know. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Getting back into the record, here comes the man. Love the whole vibe of this song. Um, it's got a great. Uh, blues vibe to it too as well i do love the guitar work um love the vocal work on this on this song i think it's really strong um one of my favorites on this album oh yeah it's one of my favorites too um this song to me uh because i'm originally from rhode island but living in texas like you know this song has a very southern rock vibe and um you know, I came up with the, the, the main lick, which was originally a country lick when I was just noodling around. But then I was like, you know, this would be cool to make it like in the vibe of like Cinderella or something like, or, or a band like that. And, you know, I wanted to do something Southern sounding since I'm down here in Texas now. And, uh, you know, the song kind of wrote itself. It reminds me of, if you were to see um, a video of it, it kind of reminds me of like the Wild West or like Cowboys. You know, that's what I get with that song and like I, I, I literally saw it in my head before I, I, I started writing it you know what it was going to be about and I feel like it, it, it captures that vibe it's funny you mentioned Cinderella when I listened to this song I pictured this song being on Long Cold Winter it could totally fit into that album because it's got that vibe to it uh, very similar to what Cinderella was doing on that record I could see that as well the next song is All or Nothing. I love Dokken, and I totally got a Dokken George Lynch vibe on this song. I love the arrangement. I love the, the guitar work again as well. Another one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, I, I just, you know, brought me back to the day of listening to Under Lock and Key and Back for the Attack. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't like to compare new artists to artists of the past, but because the way the state of music is right now for classic rock fans and for older music fans to have something to compare it to, you know, will help maybe pique their interest. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say about old enough is just a straight ahead meat and potatoes rocker. I mean, I can't, I mean, you can put whatever, uh, whatever on it, just straight ahead rocker. Enough said about that one. <laughs> yeah, right. And then we go to Raise Them Up, which is another ACDC vibe. This is another anthem on the album, I believe. I love listening to this. I think between Rock and Roll and Raise Them Up, it's like head-to-head which song I listen to more. 
Yeah, yeah um, um, Raise Him Up is definitely another anthem. Um, Raise Him Up was actually written before rock and roll. Uh, I mean, the only thing I say was just, it's just another, like you said, another anthem. It's just a, a party song. And, you know, I wanted to make, like, you know, the vibe of, of being at a party into a song. I mean, I really don't have another uh, description. Yeah, I mean, you definitely accomplished that. Um, it's just got a great, great in-your-face rock and roll tune for you, and it's uh, it's 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 a strong, strong song, definitely. Um, yeah. Without you, the ballad of the of the album, you know, more a, a bluesy type ballad. Uh, enjoyed this song as well. Um, you know, with all the rock. And roll straight ahead rock and roll songs on this album. You know, you have the song Without You. Tell us about that song. Well, Without You, um, I originally wasn't going to do a ballad on this record. And when we got to like the last batch of songs, because this record was recorded in three batches, we did Rock and Roll Raise Them Up first, then By the Strings, Not This Time, and All or Nothing second, second. And then we did the rest of the record, uh, you know, the other five songs. So we had four songs and needed a fifth. And I had um, some other ideas, but I was kind of like leaving the night, the last song idea open. And without you, was actually the last song uh, finished for the record. And um, we were trying to get the vibe right. There was actually a couple of different versions of it that we had done. And uh, I was trying not to do a ballad. I wanted it to be a straight ahead, uh, you know, rock, uh, rock record. But then I ended up settling on, on this song. And like, um, it was originally a song I had called Lost Without You. But, ended up re- but the song to me just never was done right. So I sat down and actually what gave me the inspiration for how to do like the chorus of it was I heard um, a song called So Long by the band, by a band called Wasted. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of got a vibe for how that song was. And I was like, okay, let me slow this down. And I turned Lost Without You into Without You. And then, um, you know, I came up with the ballad. And, uh, you know, to me, after I rewrote the chorus, and more of like a almost sounds to me like a cream or like a, something off of Paul Stanley's first solo record feel. Then to me, it sounded like classic rock. And I was like, all right, this, uh, it's really going to fit on this record. And then as far as the vocal, we're like, well, this is the song where the vocal really needs to be, really needs to be shown off what I can do so far. And, uh, you know, then after that, and we just, we just sat down and just did it. And then, and, uh, I couldn't be happy with the result. And, now we have a ballad on the record, and I'm happy. You know, when you have all these rock songs on a record and you're writing a ballad, you know, how does the writing process, how is it different than the other songs that you wrote for the record? That's a good question. I guess a ballad is more, I would say it's more exposed. So there's usually... There's, there's less going on, but there's more at the same time. I w- it's, it, it's, it's more or less, it's hard to explain. I would say it's more or less, it's just, um, it's just a, a feel thing, you know? And I feel like when writing these songs for this record, I felt like the songs told, told you what to do or told me what to do rather. So, you know, I just went with, you know, what felt right. And, um, you know, then whatever came, whether it was, you know, rock and roll or whether it was without you, whatever came of that was the result. You know, when you're writing these songs, you know, a lot of it's about rock and roll and partying and everything, but you do have, you know, without you, and you mentioned lie to me. 
or and, and, and by the strings. You know, when you're writing songs, do the, any of them have a personal element? I mean, no, I know by the strings does because you mentioned how, you know, a girl you knew was kind of stringing you along and leading you on and stuff. But what about some of the other songs? Is there any you know personal connection with you um, when you wrote those when you wrote the music for that? Yeah, I would say the entire record is is, is personal connection. Uh, it's all about my uh, attitude and point of view on uh, you know life and life experience. And you know, I didn't want to write a bunch of songs that were songs, but. I wanted to write something that was, was fun and energetic. And, you know, my favorite band is Kiss. I've seen them, I don't know, 15, 20 times now. And, you know, that's what really got me into to wanting to, to play music and stuff was, was Kiss. And, you know, especially Paul Stanley. And just, he's, you know, always positive, always upbeat, always high energy. And, you know, I wanted to basically capture that for myself on a record, you know, and, uh, so I would, again, to, to not to reiterate, but I would say that, uh, you know, all these songs are about, you know, my attitude or my perception toward subject A, B, or C. As you end the record with Off the Track, the final song on the album, another rocker, you know, another another anthem in my opinion. How does this song, you know, at the end of the album, was this, you know, was this the song that you had in mind to kind of end the record on, on the, you know, with the feel that you wanted to, with the, what you wanted to convey to the audience? Yeah, actually, I think pretty early on when we, when we uh, planned out what songs were going to be on the record, I would say this one was definitely going to be the closer, and this one was the, the, the nod to modern, more modern rock bands. It's more heavier than a heavier tuning, but you know, I, I felt like this one was just more, you know, like the attitude of not of not giving a fuck in plain English, and you know, basically, I feel like it, it, it really, you know, continues the attitude that's throughout the record. This record is a great debut, as I've mentioned before in this interview. Um, now the real work begins right now you got to get this in front of the people you know are there anything is there anything that you can talk about at this point as to what you're going to be doing in 2020 and beyond well the only thing i can say for sure is uh now we're entering uh, or i say we but i we're entering the stage of you know you know working with putting the band together uh getting ready to um go out on the road advertising, more promotion, more marketing. Uh, you know, I'll probably, I, I plan on releasing, you know, more songs or singles off this record. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get a music video or two in there. You know, more or less the main focus is just going to be on marketing and getting ready to hit. As you kind of gather the troops, get, put your band together, get ready to get on the road, you know, what are the, some of the challenges that you've been facing now and, and since you've finished recording this record? Well, I think the challenges is just hurdling the media landscape. There's a lot of competition on social media and on the internet for advertising space. Um, so it's more or less just getting, getting it in front of the right people. Um, you know, hurdles obviously is just finding the right group of guys. Uh, that we're going to mesh well together. I mean, right now it's still just uh, Marshall Benson and I, 
I mean, I have I have some guys in mind, but you know, we'll we'll see how that uh, shakes out. And then logistically, just figuring out for well, not necessarily figuring out, but just um, getting to the right markets and, and and you know, playing the right cities. Have you had any connection or any response to anything like overseas in the UK or Europe? Yeah, we've been getting. Um, oh, I've been getting some traction definitely in the UK. I've been on a couple of podcasts and radio shows over there. Um, you know, it's mostly UK. I wouldn't say anywhere else in Europe thus far as of the recording of this episode, but uh, possibly some South American stuff as well at the moment. Yeah, I find that there, and I've mentioned this before, that, you know, where the state of rock in, in the U.S. is kind of stagnant in terms of being based on cl- uh, classic rock and, and a lot of the newer bands and music finding it difficult to find an audience because you know there really isn't a lot of infrastructure right now but i do find that europe and the uk and south america areas like japan australia are really ahead and more accepting of new music and new artists are you finding that that to be the same or what are your thoughts on that well i've actually been having a lot of uh, success here in the in the u.s and, you know, I, I think we had spoken on a previous episode, you know, the internet is now the new infrastructure. So, you know, definitely having a label certainly helps. You know, they have they have keys to a lot of doors, but they're not the end-all, be-all. There's a lot of bands that get by just fine or, or that have success without them. But, you know, ultimately you define your whole success. I mean, your own success. We can have a, another whole conversation about that. But, you know, I just find that it's just marketing. And, you know, really now the record's out, you know, seeing people come in now, you know, before, you know, putting out the singles with more building awareness. So now this is actually the real, like, I wouldn't say before was it the real, but this is the, the new marketing phase that we're in. And, um, you know, uh, the reception has been great. Uh, a lot of people love it and, um, you know, just going to keep, you know, advertising and, you know, basically banging my drum and telling everybody, Hey, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And you either get on the train or you get left behind. I interviewed Chris Lane from the band Station, band out of New York, and he said something. Oh, really, I love Station. They're one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah, they're great. But he said something really interesting after, you know, you know, when we were kind of like off the air, we were talking, and he said something that really resonated with me about how, you know, back in the day you had local scenes of, of rock music, you know, whether you, were in, whether you were in L.A., New York, Chicago, Florida, wherever, um, you know, they all had their local rock bands and, and there'd be hundreds of people at these clubs and bars on every every weekend night. And now the scene, even though the, that local scene is dead, the scene now is global. It's planet Earth, you know, where you can connect in Austin, Texas with someone in New Zealand, someone in South America, someone in the UK and Europe. And before that was almost virtually impossible for that to happen. Have you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I would definitely say global. He's right about the global global market. I mean, you know, I mean, he's in New York, and I follow them. I mean, I've been following them since I was in Rhode Island, and how I discovered them was, um, you know, actually my first band recorded um, at the studio that they recorded at, and uh, not their producer, but our producer was partners with him for that first project. It was called Dreamer. So that's how I got turned on to them. But, you know, I, um, you know, I see like, you know, I mean, I'm here in Austin, but I'll discover something that's in Europe. I'll discover, you know, it just happens to come across my news feed on 
you know, social media or, 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 you know, somebody sends me a message, you know, it's definitely global in the sense that like you can market anywhere at any time. Um, and as far as like going back to the local, you know, I just stems from advertising. Um, but you know, it, I feel it's okay, you know, to have your audience global as well. Yeah. You're in Austin, Texas, which is a great music town. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, they just made the announcement last week that South by Southwest was canceled. Will that affect you in terms of, you know, playing locally, um, you know, with, with, with the, with the festival that brings in, you know, so much money to the community and, and you know, gives so many opportunity to artists and, and, and musicians when that happens, you know, will that have any impact on you at all? I wouldn't say that I would feel effects directly from it right now. Um, I'm not, I wasn't involved in Southwest Southwest 2020. Um, maybe I'll be involved in it in the future. Um, but it's definitely going to affect the local market down here. Um, there's a lot of businesses that were depending on the tourism who's going to bring in and all that money. But there's a really cool thing going on down here with a lot of the local bands and the local scene. There's a lot of these clubs and bars had their events canceled. A lot of these local bands are teaming up and they're uh, making their own events and stuff to help fill the void left by South by Southwest um, because it's, it's kind of it's gonna hurt a lot of people financially down here, um, you know, because there's a lot of people that depended on that money. But obviously, you know, due to the coronavirus thing we got going on, it's pretty serious. Um, you know, I'm not feeling any effects from it yet, but I'm sure uh, I will. I will feel some something, and you know. You know, I'll do my part to help out wherever I can down here. Um, you know, but right now, you know, it's still in the early stages of them figuring all that stuff out. This next week, it all begins. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of uncertainty right now uh, down here, and uh, you know, the locals are really stepping up to fill the void, and it's great to see that from the music community. You know, I'm fortunate to be down here in Austin, where I think it's probably the strongest right now in all of North America. Uh, you know. That's my opinion. Don't take it as fact, but you know, just from what I've seen and, and, and what I'm involved in. Yeah, I think the only area that rivals Austin in terms of music and community would still be L.A. I mean, I know L.A. is not what it used to be, but it still has a you know vibrant community of new new musicians and new bands putting out new music. The great thing is, is like like you mentioned, you know, uh, you know. A lot of bands, whether they're in Vancouver, Canada, or whether they're in Austin, Texas, like you, they have the ability to reach people all over the country. One of the conversations I had with a friend of mine, you know, he talks about all these local bands because he grew up in Florida. Back then, me living in Chicago never would have heard of them. You know, I I never heard of these bands because they were local to that scene, and they were good bands. But now, I mean, there's so many walls that have been broken down that, like we just talked about, you you have the ability to reach people that 20 years ago normally would not hear your music, which I can't help but think that's a positive thing for people making new music. I also think it helps in terms of bands, you know, working together where maybe years past they were unable to because the communication was different. Yeah, I would say that it's all, um, you know, it's all it's all great things, and it's it's it, it's easier than it, than it's ever been before, but it's also harder than it's been before. You know, I think you've just got to put out a great record, a great product, 
and you just got to market. You got to you got to get it in front of people. And you know, you know, some people will say like you know, Facebook algorithm. You just got to overcome and adapt, and you got to find something that works. You just got to find something that works. And I think the number one thing above all else is consistency is key. You just got to be consistent. Well. Once again, everybody, the album is This Is Rock and Roll. The artist is Christian Shields. The album release date is today. Make sure you go out and buy it. If you don't want to buy it, stream it. Go on. Is it going to be on Spotify and all the platforms? Yes, it'll be available on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. It'll be available on every all digital outlets um, worldwide. And And you can go to uh, my website www.christianshieldsrocks.com and it'll link you out for everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I'm glad this day is finally here for you. Uh, I think you got a great album. Um, I, I'm hoping that, you know, it'll resonate with people and I and I wish you nothing but success with this album in, in, in the coming year and, and beyond. Well, thank you very much, Jay. Thanks for, thanks for having me and I'm glad to have you as a supporter. Thank you. Well, once again, everybody, that is Christian Shields. The new album is This Is Rock and Roll, debuting today. Like he said, it's available on all streaming platforms. You can find it also on his website, www.christianshieldsrocks.com. Go buy it. Buy the hard copy. Listen to it. Enjoy it. It is old school rock and roll with a modern sound. And uh, in my opinion, one of the best albums so far in 2020. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. And as I always say, we will talk again soon. Take care. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. 
From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.